Welcome to the Tom Castro Shooting Academy podcast. You have now entered the next level. My my first stage, day one, I was PM squad. And I'm always, I'm almost always the first shooter because my last name, B.A. Um, Baker. So I was the first shooter. You know, I'm, I've learned this from you, like get amped up for your first stage. So do your pre-workout. I'm like taking my alpha brain. Um, I'm, I'm ready, ready to go. You ready you know? to crush it, baby. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Um, I had to wait over an hour to shoot. Oh my God. My That's the freaking worst. They're like, man, look, Christina's all jacked up with nothing to do. I'm like, <laughs> I, literally, I literally went, I left the stage and went and filmed like a couple of my friends shooting because they were getting to shoot. And I was just sitting there. I'm like, oh man, this is the worst. I've never seen a backup like that. And by the time we were done, there were three squads on that stage yep it's bad it was a really bad backup um the cro wasn't doing anything to help move it forward like read a brief while they were still shooting i mean there were things to be done and i i went and told bob young on him i was like <laughs> hey man like i'm already done the backup is no longer my problem right. except for how behind i am on schedule and i'm like oh i'm gonna be shooting in the dark tonight is what i was thinking uh and I went and told him just because I knew it was a problem and something had to be done. Um, and then a sandstorm comes in and I only shot three stages <laughs> yeah. for day one when we were supposed to shoot seven. And, you know, we had great weather the next day for this Miami. They're all 40 degrees. <laughs> and I went and talked to you after shooting a couple stages in the morning. You're like, go for a run go go jog before you're ready or like before you're up I'm like yeah you're right because it was rough it was cold and it <laughs> talking about trying to keep the energy up i mean i didn't i I made friends but i didn't come there with any friends on my squad i didn't know a single person on my squad um and we got one dq you know cold fingers didn't leave the trigger guard pop one off during a reload um i've done that in that exact type of weather before shooting yeah. done. Um, that was my first DQ in USPSA, and it uh, I I end up putting like twenty three thousand steps in that day. That's uh, awesome, <laughs> good and bad. <laughs> yeah. When I, while yeah. I was waiting, I'd just go start jogging. Yeah. Uh, when somebody was shooting, a couple shooters ahead of me, just to keep up, and I shot with a hoodie on. No, it's stupid, but I was so cold. <laughs> So I want to, I want to talk about, there's two things I want to talk about that we just talked about, brought up. Uh, I want to talk about the clothing. Like that's, that's big. I want to start with that and to, like what you brought to repair. And there was something else you just said about, um, the, I, I definitely want to talk about the CRO situation, like, and the staff, like how that problem could be solved. So actually let me start with that. And then I'll, I'll, I'll go into the positive thing of the clothing. So uh, the thing for me with the CR, I don't want to let this go. Cause this is something I wanted to talk about in the podcast. The thing with the CROs or the people that run stages or the people that are on stages, even if you're not a CRO and you're just a standard RO, if you see people not working, you have to take control of your stage. You have, you are in charge of your stage period as, as a staff. So if, you are having problems and people are giving you lip or people are giving you shit. 
go to the range master go you have you know I know the gentleman that was the range master there. He's not going to let people just sit around and not pace. He's going to come and be the dick like he needs to be, right? You you have to be that guy, unfortunately, to certain people because they don't put in the work. Um, if you are behind, okay, if you are behind, you have to put a rush on the shooters for the reset, not the shooting part. In other words, you can't come up. It, I I literally watched our squad come up we waited forever to get onto that stage and when it was our turn to get onto that stage they rushed the shit out of us and i'm like wait wait a minute wait 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 wait. like i didn't say this but i'm talking to a couple of other guys they felt rushed because i luckily wasn't the first shooter but I, I remember watching these guys get rushed up there and it was like you didn't rush those other squads why are you rushing us we're the faster shooters like we're going to be in and out of here quick right? We're pasters. The, these squads in front of us were terrible. I'm sitting here watching these people all sit on their ass and not go paste. And you're yelling at us, <laughs> the people that actually paced. So we were lucky, lucky and unlucky that Mason Lane's squad was in front of us. So those guys were busting their ass pasting, but all they did was paste us into another, another wait because they'd get done fast and we'd have to go wait behind them. So we were three, four squads because they were rolling through when it was their turn. I remember the first stage they came up to us and he was sitting behind me and I'm like, what are you doing? Like their whole squad was behind us. He goes, there's three squads on that stage over there. I'm like, no freaking way. Like we literally are just now, we're like, we're rolling. We had two stages done, stage three for us. A lot of hurry up and wait. Yeah, it was, that was the worst part. And that to me, I, I'm, I don't even want to say anything about the ROs. It's just the fact that I, I don't like, I, I, I knew a lot of those ROs on that stage and they're awesome. The problem is, is they're too damn nice. You, you, it, it, that's the problem. Unfortunately in our sport is shooters force you to go to that level of being a jerk right? Because they don't work. They don't pace. They don't feel like, oh, I paid my money. Well, dude, this ain't the sport for you, bro. Yeah, Sorry. It's, it, it's just, I know, but you're not the RO. <laughs> so I am the RO. well, not on that time, but those people should have, they should get on them period. Like in my opinion, you don't have to cuss at anybody. You don't have to be a jerk, but if that range master isn't called and you're already starting to get a backup, you got to understand that that's going to happen on every other stage. And that squad is going to do the same thing on the next one and on the next one and on the next one. They're not going to get better <laughs> as the day goes along. If anything, it gets worse. They pace less and less. So uh, that was my little rant about the RO situation because I, I didn't want to let that one pass because again, I see this all the time and yeah, you know, sometimes you'll be known as the jerk RO, but you know what? Don't make someone be a jerk. Paste, do your damn job. It's pretty simple. This sport has been created like this for 40 some odd years. We have been a pasting association, period. You shoot, you paste, you shoot, you paste, you shoot, you paste. It's that simple, right? It's that simple. Yeah, if you're cold, walk your ass down range and go paste. You'll warm up instead of standing around, not doing your job. I was so, all about that steel reset. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I don't have to take my fingers out of my pockets. I, just <laughs> I will say that does suck. I had to keep taking my glove off. And, and I was like the shooting hand, cause I'm not, I'm right-handed. So I'm my like, oh my God, I got to use my other hand. <laughs> I'm, my hands are getting cold thinking about it. Right. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about clothing um, because that was something you brought up. So did you bring a lot of warm clothing, Miami girl? I, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
The short answer would be no. I brought, I did have a few layers, um, but I didn't bring a coat. Uh, luckily I roomed with Kinsey and she hooked it up. I had layers for underneath, but she had the good stuff, like the right. wool for hiking kind of right. stuff. So I definitely, or the smart wool. So I, I that girl's that. prepared. She's prepared. Yeah. Probably my, like my yoga, yoga pants and cuddle duds. And she had like a little bit nicer coat. Yeah. A jacket coat kind of thing. All right. So let's talk a little bit about clothing because this is something that I see a lot and uh, it will 1 million percent affect your shooting. Uh, and it does and it will and it has. So that was the other thing that you talked about was the cold fingers and the guy DQing. I want to talk a little bit about what happened with me and my cold hands. Um, and actually, there was something else when it was warm out that I almost DQ'd on. I want to talk about that too. So I did um, get hand warmers too, by the way. I that I did not do. So that was dumb because I went to the store the night before and had to buy clothing. So this is why I wanted to talk about it. I, of all people, okay, travel around and coach people in all types of weather. So I know that I am going to go to a range in sunny California and it's going to be beautiful because literally it's sunny California. No. It was 40 something degrees there the time that I went and coached there. So I'm like, I'll never leave my warm clothes ever again. Cause every time I go, it cost me 200 bucks in clothing. So I'm like, all right. Cause I, I buy under armor and I buy all the stuff that I'm, you know, so it's tight. So it doesn't get hung up on the gear and guns and all that stuff. So I'm like, all right, cool. I will, I'll get everything set up and I won't, I won't leave my warm clothes anymore at the house. I'm going to Texas. It's hot out. Like there's no way I'm going to need warm clothing. Left all my damn warm clothing at the house. <laughs> so there's an app for that. Yes. So I go to the store at, I think this, the store closes at nine. It's in the mall. I get there at eight 59. I run through the mall and duck underneath the door before they closed it. <laughs> And the guy's yelling, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I said, I called on the phone. I just need one, whatever it is. And I just kept running. I just ignored the guy. So, because, I mean, I did call on the phone, but I went through the wrong door. <laughs> I was supposed to go through the other door. And I went through the mall. So I get in there. I grab my stuff. Um, I found the clothes I needed. Thank God they had it because all the other stores were already in summer clothes. They had no winter clothes at all. So nothing for warm. So I grabbed what I needed and I took off. I should have grabbed a jacket. That was the only thing I wish I would have, but I already had like a, like a lightweight jacket, but I probably needed like something a little bit heavier. Um, the gloves I had, I always carry gloves, always carry rain gear. Well, I had my rain gear, so that was good. But I've noticed that if you don't wear, like I always wear layers. So I wear a thin layer, like um, a heat gear, and then I wear a cold gear over the top. So I wear two layers of both. And uh, it seems to work really well because, you know, keeping it close to your skin makes a big difference. So then I put a jacket, uh, like my lightweight jacket, and then the the windbreaker, which the reason it was really cold wasn't because it was cold. It was because there's freaking 30 to 40 mile per hour winds throughout the whole match. It like awesome. it was just blowing and blowing. And it wasn't, it wasn't like you'd get a break. It just kept going and going. And the way the range was facing, the wind was coming into the bay, right? So it was hitting you the entire time. So it was cold, right? So I had three stages or two stages, sorry, two stages in that match that I could not reload. Like I just couldn't get the reload done because my hands weren't working. So I was like, all right, look, 
all these other guys in this sport can somehow magically make their cold hands work. And I don't understand why I suck at it because it happens to me quite a bit. Um, you give me a standing and shooting stage where I have to like work my fingers. Um, I'm going to drop, not do a really good mag reload, right? It's, I just suck at the reloads when my hands are cold. So I'm like, all right, well, how do all these other guys do it? And I have gloves on, you know, but again, you take your gloves off and you're still in the 40 degree weather, right? It doesn't matter. Like I see guys stuff in um, uh, hand warmers in their mag wells and stuff like to keep the gun warm. I'm like, but as soon as you put your hand on it, it's cold. Like the, your hand is going to be cold, right? It's not that nothing changes that. So I decided to go to the safe table and I was like, all right, which is really weird because I'm in a big, a big major match and I'm trying to win this match at this time and I'm still doing well. I had no real big screw ups at the time. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to learn how to reload in this cold ass weather. So what I did is I went to the safe table after my second screw up on the reload and I just stood there and I just looked at the gun and I just pressed the button hard and I pressed the button hard and I pressed the button hard, even with my hands freezing. And I was like, all right, you have to mentally focus on the button, like, and what it feels like, like look at it, squeeze it, push it in hard and let the mag fall. The very next reload that I had was fucking stupid. Like one second on the run after a shot, boom. I mean, I walked off that stage and looked at one of the guys. I was like, do you see that reload? And I don't do that much, but I was like, I was so proud of myself that I focused on that stupid ass reload that I was like, you see that reload? And the guys were laughing. They were like, that was crazy. And I'm like, so how the hell do I do that on the first two stages? I can't reload for 40 steps. Like, I remember running like 10 steps and still had the mag in the gun. And then I go to this stage and I crush it. Same temperature, still freezing cold, still an hour wait on that stage, right? So I had to get pumped up or get ready when it was my turn. I just focused. So that like was a major breakthrough for me. It was like, there's nothing that I cannot do. There is nothing that holds me back but me. I just need to pay attention more to those details when they, knowing they're going to be a struggle, right? Even if it means I might be a little bit slower on the reload, but at least I hit the reload. Gosh, you could say that about everything, every single thing when you're breaking down a stage. Yeah, but this is during the shooting though. But this is during the shooting, I mean, right? So like, what I mean is like, I shot the target and I was like, reload, like, looked at it and really focused on the finishing of the, that reload. Does that make sense? Well, sure. Like, I mean, but you worked yeah. on it. Oh yes. Before the stage. Absolutely. And you recognized right. it before you shot, just like you right. say, man, you know what? The hardest part of this stage is this yes. position. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to mentally work on that before I step <laughs> in. And when yeah. I'm doing it, I've worked on it so much. It's going to be something I'm thinking about while I'm shooting too. Or something you already worked out. We do that all the time, don't we? <laughs> well, yeah, and I'm learning that more and more. Yeah, and uh, it's important. And, and I, I think it's the most important huge. thing. That came in huge at Dragons Cup, such a technical match. Okay, where's the hard stuff? Yep. Okay, well, I better be really, really, really calm when I'm doing this. Yeah. I better be really, really controlled when I'm engaging this target or this array, because that's really far away and that's a partial. Yeah. I better be smooth really smooth coming into that spot so uh one thing that happened at dragon's cup that i'm super proud of you is we walked this we walked almost all this i guess we did walk all the stages together but we walked the stage we tried that was pretty tough actually that was one of the downfalls 
that was probably one of the worst parts of that match. But I actually learned from that as well. From now on, um, if I go to the match in the middle of the day and I see there's like a shit ton of people and the match isn't going to be like, there's no way I'm physically going to be able to get on there and get like real time. I'm leaving and I'm coming back that night. Yep. Yep. Amen. So, that would have been by far the best idea. Yeah. Like, okay. I said hi to a bunch of people or, or I wanted to shoot two guns yeah. of people's and I didn't touch them because yeah. I was like, I just need to walk stages, but I couldn't all yeah. day because they were full. So I was standing around doing nothing essentially yeah. instead of just, I, I should, we should have just left. And it wore my legs out. I, I felt like I had been there for like three days. Like I felt like I set the match up. My legs were worn out. I mean, the dirt, the rocks. I mean, I don't, none of that stuff really bothers me because it's just part of like our outdoor sport, but it was just like, man, I feel like I've been shooting all day. And I was like, I haven't yeah, been doing anything but walking yeah. around. <laughs> So it's just, so I, I'm, I learned a very valuable lesson from that. Um, I will not do that again. That will, and this has nothing to do with Dragon's Cup. This is, this is what I love about this sport is it, it's all the same. It's all the same. It's just a different match, a different look. It, it's all the same stuff, right? Like that's, what's so great about this sport is you can learn so many things from past matches or previous mistakes. If you're aware of them, if you're not aware of them, you're not you're not remembering shit or fixing shit. You're going to keep doing the same mistakes that you make over and over again. But uh, that was definitely one of the worst parts of the match for me was like, I remember walking a stage and walking away and I go, I have no idea what I'm doing <laughs> like because you couldn't get on the stage for long enough without another squad walking up or whatever it was. Yeah. So it was, it, that was the hardest part for me. Yeah. Yeah. But so like to get back to my point, cause I, I'm glad you said that. I definitely want to talk about that um, was there was a stage with diamonds on it. Okay. And I had a completely different stage plan. I think I only saw one other person run my stage plan um, on video. And obviously there's shit ton of guys out there. So I'm sure somebody saw it, but um, that was the stage that had all the diamonds on it. And most people chose to go left and then right transition and then run around the stage or whatever they had to do. I chose to finish last in the left diamond on a hard lean and you're shooting PCC. I'm shooting pistol. And I remember talking to you about like, listen, you need to end up here and you can fall out controlled and you'll just rip two into the target. Da, 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 da. And you were like, okay, cool. Like I'll look at it. So we, you know, I always, basically what we do is how I walk stages with my friends and, and my students is you walk the stage without me. Like first I'm, I'm there, but you walk the stage, you figure out what you want to do. I'm figuring out a stage plan for myself. And then I don't say anything. And then you tell me what you're going to do. And then I'll tell you either is going to work, how to improve it or what I'm going to do. And, and then we kind of blend, put things together, whatever it is. And then I obviously go into an explanation of why I'm doing these things. So that stage, you pretty much did everything I did except for the start position. And we had a conversation about it and you were just like, I don't feel comfortable with this time. I'm going to DQ. And I looked right at you and I go, that's the right answer. <laughs> and you were like, okay, good. Cause I'm telling you, I just really uncomfortable with this. And I, and then three or four times you said, I'm going to go rewalk this again though, and feel it. I want to feel it and see, like you gave it a chance, but no matter what you did, you still felt uncomfortable. And I looked right at you and I said, that is the stage plan then. 
period. Not that you can't do it, but if you're so worried that you're DQing on that part, you're not going to execute it or you're going to screw up something else on the other part of the stage. And it was uncomfortable. And I'm like, well, I can be really comfortable right here. <laughs> right. hundred so. percent. And still not forget a target and do everything you're supposed to do there. Not worry about DQing. You're going to get good hits from you where you were in the first place. So those are all beneficial things, but that shows me that's a lot of growth. Right. I mean, you're very independent woman anyway. There's no one that tells you what to do. I know, <laughs> but it was really nice to see that you didn't just go, I'm not going to do this because I don't want to. You did it because you, you had reasoning behind it. Right. And that just shows me how much you're thinking on, on everything. You're not just going out there and running stages. You're like, all right, what is the negative? What is the benefit? All those things. And that was something that I haven't seen you verbally talk about before when we walk stages and I liked it. It was awesome. I was like, yes, I don't, I mean, I don't know if you could see it on my face, but I was like, that's the right plan. Like, I love it. <laughs> well, we both, we both recognized uh, the one stage where all the DQs were at yep. uh, that we had two options because yep. we both wanted to start from the right. And it was either you, well, you're going to start with the right one and you either go straight and shoot the partial and come back and shoot the yep. one on the, the ground target. way. Yep. Or you shoot the one on the ground and then shoot the partial and then drag your gun around. Yep. And we knew those were two options and we recognized, well, could be a risk. And then when all those DQs out, I was like, yeah, I know what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> Decision <Yeah>. made. So <laughs> I'm, I'm really glad you, I'm, right. I'm, yeah, I'm really, right, but I'm really glad you brought that up because that was a big uh, problem at the match. Honestly, there was a lot of DQs from really just dumb shit. Like the, the stages were not set up for DQs, but people weren't paying attention. They're just, they don't understand. Well, let me re rephrase that. They're not recognizing the risk. And if you can stage plan the risk out of it, why wouldn't you? Right. I mean, it was, to me, it was the same. There was no advantage or disadvantage to take one or the other when it comes to score, but the disadvantage was DQ. Well, let's see zero <laughs> or uh stay in the match i'm gonna go with the stay in the match part and just do it this way so i can guarantee that i'm not gonna dq right and it, what it was is so basically how this was set up is this target was you would run to the front corner and it was i don't know maybe four foot it wasn't very far you'd run to the front corner and lean left to a a partial it was a tuxedo and then you would come back and you would shoot behind a barrel. You would shoot a, a low target. The problem with the low target was you could see it through the wall and it was technically behind you, but you couldn't shoot it through the wall. So guys were pointing at the target or they were just trying to go around the wall before their body got around the wall and the gun led the way. And it was an instant DQ. It was the easiest call in the world if you're an RO. So it was like, you had to like, I recognized it from the beginning when we were walking the stage. I'm like, I'm going to DQ here <laughs> because I know how I am as a shooter. I'm pointing at the target. Like I want to shoot the target through the walls, how I train and coach. Like that's my mindset It's like, I want to be ready. So as soon as the barrel clears the wall, I'm pulling the trigger. Well, if you're pointing at the target in the wrong direction, you're going to clear the wall with the gun first. Right. Cause it's very hard when you're going that fast to kind of take the gun backwards and point it. You want to be pointing at the target. So right away, I recognize don't do that. And there was a couple targets like that in this match that you could easily DQ on if you were pointing through the wall, right. Sure. And not paying attention. 
So, but a lot of attention at this match. The uprange starts. They had a ton of uprange start positions where you would uh, guys would turn their gun and draw as they're coming up instead of draw their gun first. So I mean, there were so many start positions like that that I actually went home and made a video for the insider circle on how to do an uprange start. <laughs> because I was like, if this many people are DQing from this, there needs to be some content on this. So I made an entire video on going uprange and how important to take your gun out of the holster is first. Like I take my gun out first anyway. I don't care if I'm running forward, left, right, backwards. It doesn't matter. I always go for my gun first. I don't even move my feet until my gun's in my hand. So I just gun first. You, you can't shoot without it anyway, right? That, that's why I'm pretty successful at, at uh, stepping in starts. I draw my gun first and step in and pull the trigger on. I could literally step in and pull it on one foot. So that's... um. That does make me laugh, Christina. One of the stages or two of the stages this weekend or at Dragon's Cup, um, I didn't even care about my hits. I went to the RO afterwards. Like, what was my draw? <laughs> I was like, what was my draw? Because I wanted to make sure I was putting the effort in, right? I mean, I had a, there was a couple draws at, at Dragon's Cup this year. I had a 0.96 step in draw. At a major match with alphas, not bullshit hits, right? Like good hits. <laughs> I had like a 0.85, but with a Delta. So actually, was that on the, what was that on? It's on the stage we were just talking about. The diamond? No, the DQ. Oh, the DQ stage? Okay, so the right one. Yeah, I went after it. So I remember that. So I actually remember that. We we talked about that. That was awesome. So where do you think the Delta came from? Just not having the gun in the pocket ready yet? Um, Pulling the trigger too soon. Too soon? Yeah, round. Yeah. Cause I, I was like, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Bad, like, freaking it's just, you know what? That'll come with experience though. You're the better you get is the more you'll be able to one. You won't be in the Delta ever again. Right. Makes sense. You'll, you'll understand that you're, you'll understand that when you pulled that trigger, you would have, the next thing would have been, okay, I need to shoot that. two. Right. Yeah. I need to shoot two. Right. I need to shoot three instead, you know, whatever it is. So it's, you, you learn from those. Uh, it just comes from experience, but the fact that you're putting a 0.86 draw on a target at a major match, a level three match. It's cool, man. I love that mindset. It's so awesome. So it's so great. That's just, you don't understand how proud that makes me as a coach. <laughs> Cause it's all effort. Like there's so much stuff that has to do with effort that, I can yell at you a whole lot, but if you don't put it in, you don't put the effort forth. Does that make sense? Like, I mean, just not even like practice wise, but just your effort in how much you like, okay, I'm going to rip this draw. Like I am going to do, I'm going to burn it down. Right. I mean, I just, I truly believe it sets the tone, but you can burn it down without making mistakes also. Right. You don't have to get, you're not going to, you won't get deltas if you practice that more often. Does that make sense? Right. So, but it's still new to you. Right. Yeah. You're still just, you're just now getting there. Like you just went through a whole two days of me going, get right. in the damn, get your gun up, get in, get your gun up, get in. <laughs> so that stuff all changes as you, uh, as you put time in, but all right, girl, you got anything else? Um, no. Okay. So here's something, uh, I'll, I'll be curious what you think. Um, uh, just for hopefully next year, Dragon's Cup. Because um, I like the party. Um, they have a party. <laughs> uh, it, two years in a row, it's been at the Marriott, which I like because I'm staying at the Marriott. And it's super <laughs> easy just to go 
get changed. And if the weather was nice, I would go to the pool and then get ready. But no, we were shooting the entire day. So that's, right. and it was very cool. So Marco was looking at an option. He said either the Marriott or would it be better if we just grilled out somewhere and had a get together somewhere else? Um, the Marriott costs like 10 grand to have that. Yeah, I don't know how the hell he does that. That's crazy money. Yeah, or have, you know, just music and have an open bar with, um, you know, beer and wine and liquor drinks and stuff. And because you could take that money and have an open bar somewhere instead. Yeah. Plus the food somewhere else. Um, and it'd just be more chilling like a bonfire or something. I like that better personally. Um, I, I just think that I, and I did stay on the last day I stayed at the the Marriott where you were at, but I, I just, a lot of it's wasted money. Like in my opinion, like the food was good. The, the, um, I don't know. I, I don't, I just think most people go to hang out and, and anyway, right. Like at the end. So like, I don't think people need fancy cloths, like tablecloths and waiters and, and we're talking about shooters here. Yeah. Like, dude, we literally ran around in the dirt, like moon dust, they were calling it. And they're not lying. <laughs> That's, I mean, it's, it's, we, we shoot one of the dirtiest sports, right? We're not, we're not flying in on airplanes, like shotgun guys. We're not, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't have a $20,000 shotgun. So it's, it's just a different, like, we're literally running around in the dirt. We're pasting. We're, you know what I mean? Like it's, I don't know. We just don't, I don't think we need that. I don't think people really care about that. Right. I mean, everybody wants good food, good company and really nice awards. The awards. For free booze, that's for sure. What's that? I support free booze. Well, Even I don't, but that's fine. Bar, like, <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. Their bar, I mean, their I bar was expensive. People have more fun. Like, you know, like, Oh, you know, let loose a little bit more. I mean, everybody handles guns. I think it'd be fine, but, um, their bar was expensive. I think they were charging like six or seven bucks for a water. So I was like, yeah, I'm good. I'll just go over here and drink this tap water out of the hose. <laughs> Not paying those kind of numbers for water. I just, I guess, especially when you know, they literally just comes out of the tap for half the shit that these guys are doing. That's bottle uh, water. If you had to be yeah. fancy like that, well, that's you. But they had a, I don't know. It was, I really enjoy that match. I, I will definitely be back. I have, I don't have any complaints about how they ran the match. Um, I would like to give a big shout out to the staff there. Um, uh, Billy, I, I was fortunate enough to go to the match really early on Sunday. And I say fortunately because I was able to kind of sit back as a shooter who's ran a match. I ran South Carolina sectional with Todd and I was there during the torture of putting it all up and taking it all down with, with the guys that we had helping. And I remember we were the first ones there and the first last ones to leave like myself and Todd, we were always the first ones there and the last ones to leave. And I remember towards the end of that match, both of us just like, dude, forget this. Like I'm done. Like I'm exhausted. Like I got nothing left, like physically can barely stand up here. And I remember Billy walking in and he goes, bro, these 18 hour days are, are getting to me. And I looked at him and I'm going, 
I want to give you a hug right now. <laughs> like I feel your pain, bro. Like I know what that is, right? I understand. I totally get it. And I just don't think people really understand. The thing is, is Billy's the guy with his name on the match. Marco's the guy with his name on the match, but how many others helped? How many people help that aren't recognized because they don't just people don't know, right? They're not like obviously Billy and those guys recognize him, Marco, but like Marco, Billy, all those guys, like the, the work that they put into that match is it cannot be, I cannot express how hard what they did, what they put together and how hard that is to get it done and then have all the shit with the weather oh my God, that I, oh. and still finish that match. Maybe not on time, but they finished that match on Sunday and didn't have anybody not able to finish that match. All the one dayers were able to finish just all the not things that happened. Finish that match on their I had two guys on my squad leave early. Did they have to leave? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. one, one was a revolver shooter. And he's like, well, I won even without shooting. <laughs> well, that sucks. <laughs> but it's, like, uh, <laughs> but, but they had the opportunity to finish. Does that make sense? Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. They yeah. could have changed their flights or whatever they had to do. So I was, this is one of the reasons why I never plan on leaving Sundays ever. I always plan on leaving the next day, no matter what, uh, because uh, you just never know. Except right? for, say it again. Except for like this week. What do you mean? Uh, you're leaving on Friday. Oh, well, that's because I'm going to a class, but I'm not going home. <laughs> so, well, I will say, exactly I, I, I will say I, if I don't finish, oh, well, right. Like I just, I'm excited to, I'm excited to go there and support this match. I was able to meet Dan and, um, and their, and all their guys that were there. And it was really nice to see them because I was, so I talked to them. I went there and did a class, uh, I guess a month ago, last month sometime. And I was able to go over and kind of meet a bunch of guys that they were talking about the match. And I was like, dude, I got to try to go to this match. You know, I've, I've been trying to go to this match for, I think it's been two years or last year they had it too. And I was like, man, I, that looks like a good match. And I just, so I wanted to try it this year and I made it work. It was, uh, it's really weird doing a bunch of one-way flights though. <laughs> like, well, I pulled that shenanigans last um, year. And it was crazy. It's such a pain in the ass. It did not man. work out either. No, well, don't say that because I'm just about to start my trip tomorrow. So, but I'm just like, don't say that. But I'm excited to go check out the match. Um, I feel good this year. I really do. I feel like I don't feel so good today. I worked out yesterday. I took last week off. I hurt my hand at the match at Dragon's Cup. So I took the week off from working out and I am paying for it this week because I came back with a vengeance and I am... Like my legs, I'm barely straightening my legs right now. <laughs> I'm like, you dumbass, you're getting ready to go to a match. So it was like, I'm paying the price for sure. But we'll see. Well, I'm, I'm ready to go. I feel good this year. My uh, my training, my practices have been really, really good. Glad you're um, having those practices. I am. I'm having those. I didn't practice for this match at all uh, because we just literally practiced on Saturday. So I, I guess that that's what I was practicing for anyway. Um, but I went and... Um, I'm ready to go. So I go next week. I come back on Monday. I come back next week on Monday. And then I think it's Wednesday. Wednesday, I'm going to schedule. I'm going to go train with Craig for uh, Area 6. And then we leave Thursday. I'm going to drive the, all day Thursday to get up there. And then Friday, walk stages. Saturday, shoot the match. And then take our time coming home Sunday, I guess. But I don't know. I'm ready. I want... Uh, 
I want it pretty bad this year. I'm, uh, I got this internal fire back. I don't know. Maybe I lost some of it last year because I uh, had so much traveling and I had lots of excuses to suck, but I got a fire burning inside of me right now that I'm just ready. I, uh, I, you know, I'm having a lot of breakthroughs this year too, that, you know, as a grandmaster, you don't find a lot and I'm finding a lot. So it just shows you how much I suck. <laughs> so I'm just like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have all this shit to get good at. I should be better than this. <laughs> That's very terrible to think like that, but I just keep thinking, how in the hell do I still suck at this? I practice this all the time. <laughs> so, but you got any shout outs? Tell everybody how to find you, Christina Baker, Miss Glock Girl. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Glock underscore girl RN. And I have a Facebook page, Glock Girl RN, or yeah, I think it's Glock Girl RN or Glock girl at rnshooter.com. Sorry, I haven't done the Facebook show in a long time. But <laughs> I'm here in Miami and I'll be a bunch of majors. Uh, my next one is New Hampshire State. Uh, week of June 8th. It's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday match. I will be working and shooting. I'll be shooting on Saturday. Outdoor Dynamics the, is the main sponsor for that match or the title sponsor for that match. So I'm super excited. It's their first time being a title sponsor and the match director is Devin McManus uh, Mason Lane and Kaylee will be helping design stages as well as Bob Young so I think they're going to be some pretty cool pretty cool stages I'm really looking forward to it and seeing uh, a big big large chunk of my USPSA family up there I'm disappointed I can't go to that match we talked about that like probably six or seven times and I have a class that weekend that I can't cancel but or I wouldn't cancel but it's um that's going to be a probably good match. Just, just the fact that all those folks are in, involved, right? Like right. it'd be pretty cool. So is this Devin's first time running the match? She ever done it before? Uh, this is the very first New Hampshire state match. Oh, nice. She nice. created this match. Uh, she's been the area or uh, match director for area seven twice. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, that's a hell of a job. <laughs> Girl, she made it happen during COVID and it was uh, a bunch of, Yankees up there. So, uh, <laughs> they had to deal with a bunch of restrictions and yeah. things. it really was looking like it wasn't going to happen because they had restrictions of no more than a hundred people. And I think I remember that. Yeah. In the neighborhood and yeah. uh, man, they made it where like, okay, there's no walking stages. We're going to make this match happen. Like only a hundred people, like only the shooters can come to the match today. I mean, I want to go like, you know, yeah. hands up in the air and stuff, but we couldn't get shut down and we shoot in the neighborhoods and they, you know, the neighborhood doesn't like gunshots. Mm. So if they could find a reason to shut you down, they probably will. So it was crazy. And she, she made it happen. Are they doing area seven this year? No, that is now up North in Hamden, Maine. Okay. Where the Trident match happens. Oh, okay. Nice. So, um, nice. a beautiful spot potentially, but pretty expensive spot. Yeah. Where do you go after that? What's your next match? You, Cause you're not doing area six this year. Right. So you're going to go see your mom, uh, right? So New Hampshire state. And then it is, I believe area one. Utah. Ooh, that's the first time I've ever been there. Area one. That is off. That is another USPSA home. That was my first USPSA club that I really shot at in Billings, Montana. I did nice. two two contracts up there in uh God's country. Very interesting. Cool. Um, yeah. Bring a gun. 
just saying you should always bring a gun to carry but definitely bring gun to carry in <laughs> you might have to shoot some kind of a bear mountains that way and if you just keep going that way it's like super beautiful and nice but billings um not so nice you better treat it like city <laughs> there's a lot of crime there really yeah truly i'm not saying it's discouraged to go you should definitely go and you can go any way and even on the range you can see mountains in the distance that's pretty cool i'm excited about that match yeah i'm putting on a class there this year oh you are yeah i'm putting on a class this year i'm uh yeah crap let me know i I always do that (laughs) uh it's going to be in pennsylvania california montana it's going to be august uh, actually that's my birthday august the 12th and 13th august 11th is my birthday so i'm going to be putting a class on at my birthday baby so and then i follow that up with a class in michigan the very next weekend so yeah it's uh this month is and then i have area eight oh my god everything is just packed together yeah it's it's good though lots of classes coming up i got a class in virginia uh pennsylvania california i actually am doing a two classes in california that week uh, before area one oh man i'm gonna pay for this one so i have a class in the beginning of july the 7th and 8th is virginia or the 8th and the 9th is virginia the 15th and 16th is pennsylvania then i have a class from the 18th 19th and 20th like i'll be in that at the range that the time in California, I have a uh, doing a level one class and then I'm doing an advanced class on that weekend. So basically a lot of people haven't taken my advanced class because you have to take the first class. So the advanced class is 1 million percent movement, movement and movement. And it's only a one day class. And then day two, we shoot a match together. So oh, you nice. get to shoot. I was gonna ask yep. you about that because yep. I'm like, well, yep. what's next? I yep. even- yeah. And then you shoot a match with me. So basically how it works is I don't shoot well. <laughs> so because I'm coaching and doing my thing, but yeah. Right. But I'm there to, uh, I'm there to coach. So what happens is, is, and actually I, I'm, I've changed this now. What I'm going to do is I'm going to shoot first on every stage because what happens when I have to follow some, one of my students, it's hard for me to get my stuff ready and then watch them. Right. Sure. Um, plus it doesn't, I don't know. Maybe I'll go last. I guess I need to figure that out because then I don't have to clean my gear until the next stage. But I, I really want to focus on my shooters. Like that's what I'm there for. I'm not there to shoot. I'm there to work. So uh, I've done one class. I did the Texas uh, last year. I did Texas open and, and worked. That was really hard. Like that was very hard. Like by the time I was done, I was beat like barely walking. Like I, obviously I was a lot fatter too. So that doesn't help, but I was, um, it, it was tough to, cause I, I literally was like, I would finish and I couldn't even get my stuff ready. I had to watch, you know, the shooter in front of me cause they were all in my class. So, um, but I really enjoyed that. I was nice to have a real like experience uh, being able to break shooters down during the match. So it's nice when you're doing a match that you don't care about. So level one or, but a level twos are nice because you get the real feel of like the pressure and, you know, and you're not, so the thing is, you're not roboting people, right? Like as a coach, you don't want to get up there and go, okay, do this, 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 and this. What you want is you want to sit them down afterwards and be like, all right, man, so this, this, and this are kind of the little things that you could have fixed on that stage. And then it's like, oh, okay. So pay attention to that to the next one, right? And then they instantly fix it. It's really cool to watch it happen because it's like they're more aware of the mistakes, right? Instantly. So, because a lot of people, for whatever reason, don't video. And I don't get that because the video is like, Every professional sport 
every amateur sport they video, but in our sport, people are like, Oh, I don't want a video. I don't care. But then they're like, I'm so tired of sucking. It's like, cause you don't watch your videos. You don't even know what you're doing wrong. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm a big proponent of video. It really works and it really helps. So I, I videoed somebody on my squad, uh, this past weekend. And I was like, you're an idiot for not doing that yourself, by the way. <laughs> But yeah, well, I'm glad you should. Good. Yeah. Well, you don't get better Very without good. it. Like maybe you should watch what you're doing. Yeah. Get better. Yeah. They don't understand it's, it's important. And it's, and honestly, most shooters that you shoot with on a squad, they don't care. They'll help you. I mean, listen, I was shooting with a bunch of GMs that all were like, yeah, man, we got you. They're like, can you, you don't mind video for me? I said, no, not at all. I, it was just, they don't care. Like nobody, it's not an inconvenience, right? Like it's well, not at all. It's not. So not for most people. And if, if it is, you don't want to be friends with that guy anyway. Quiet and stuff. And yeah. Well, just ask anyone. They don't yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. They do. They are 100% an asshole. Yeah. Unless yeah, they're getting ready to shoot. And right. even then it's like, you just say, oh no, I'm getting ready to shoot. I can't. Yeah. Or, or before I ask, I say, hey, are you up? Yeah. Anytime soon? No. Okay. Do you mind filling me? Or first I introduce myself and ask them their name. And then I ask something. Most people know, like most people do know, like, you know, like you get to a rhythm with your squad or when you first start, you're like, okay, well that guy's th uh, the, the guy's right behind me or he's right in front of me. Okay. So I'm not going to ask that guy. I'm just going to ask these guys over here that are like five, six shooters away. You know what I mean? So right. you just, you learn and you just ask anybody. They'll all help you. Most people don't mind. It's not that hard. Um, so a little quick tip, if you're watching the video, Turn the phone sideways when you video like this so you can see everything. I don't really need it for Instagram. I want it for my education. <laughs> I want to see where my feet are and all my movement. I don't want it straight up and down. I want it vertical so I can see the whole thing that I'm working on. Even the targets so they don't see. Yeah. But you, you'd her be amazed. Friend had her yeah. videos and, right. and they were just like just hurt it's like oh yeah who knows what i'm shooting at right they're just <laughs> looking for that instagram reel where you see a dude draws gun really fast but you don't he doesn't hit anything like i don't care about that i want to see what my feet are doing i want to see like was my body position good like i use it for education i i also use it for coaching right like to give out to the to the world i, I send it out there and show people like look this like today i went through all my videos in 30 seconds and found all those mistakes right like i didn't it didn't take much i knew exactly what i did wrong when i watched it. i was like Ugh garbage 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 oh okay well maybe somebody will learn from this i'll send this out there like i'm not i make mistakes all the time i'm not offended by it or bothered by it all the time it's how it works like if you don't think the guys that are winning the matches aren't making mistakes you're crazy we all do it's just who makes the least amount right so which ones cost you the most but all right christina thank you for joining me it's been awesome having you on Fun. so you want to say goodbye to anybody uh no, but I will say that you caught me earlier during the day, so there was no booze during this podcast, which it probably could have been more spicy or at least more fun for me if we did later <laughs> after my yoga. So it's like dehydrated and drinking. And uh, like you don't need it. You don't need any more spicy. There's enough spicy in USPSA for all of us right now, so <laughs> we don't need any more spicy. <laughs> All right, guys, if you have any questions, hit me up in those comments and I'll see you on the range.